0: What's up, friends? Welcome to the very first episode of the What Made You Do It podcast. I am your host, Sam Moore. This podcast has been in the works for a while and is actually our first guest, Jazzy P, who helped me put it all together. Jazzy is a singer, designer, entrepreneur, and so much more. She's one of the most talented and unique individuals I've met in Denver and someone who has become a great friend of mine. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. What's up, everybody? You got Sam Moore on the mic. I'm here with my dear, dear friend Jazzy P.
1: Yo, Jazzy P, in the mic.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I had uh, I had some fun, you know. <laughs>
0: Damn world. right you did.
1: I'm doing good. How yeah. are How are you doing, Sam?
0: I'm spectacular. I'm excited to be here. Um, Jazzy, we're gonna jump right into it.
1: Let's do it. I'm ready.
0: So the first question I want to ask you is how would you describe yourself? Chaotic Mm.
1: right off the bat.
0: Tell me more.
1: I think I would have to say chaotic because I mean, honestly, I just, I'm always doing something different and Mm. that's kind of chaotic. Like chaotic does not necessarily have to have a negative connotation to it, but just maybe like unpredictable. Is maybe a simile to chaotic. I think it's just with all of the different hand, like pots that my hands are in, it's really easy for me to um, try every kind of honey. You know, like I love that. try every flavor.
0: Let's go. Let's dive a bit deeper into that in terms of what like what pots are you in. Tell me a bit more about what you do. Okay, everything like that.
1: So. I I am in the music pot. So that's writing music, being in the studio space, being around musicians, you know, um, throwing concerts. I had done that for a long time in the past. But more recently, my new pot has been fashion. So I've been throwing fashion shows and doing photo shoots and um, some styling, which is fun. I think styling is probably one of my favorites in the fashion pod that I'm in. And I'm also tapping in right now to art, um, doing an art show with video and audio. So less like painting art. I mean, I do that too. Like I'll do that on clothes, but. She did say chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, I'm trying to make content right now. I'm really trying to build up my brand and. Just like I just want to throw a festival, dude.
0: Yeah. And well, so I uh, we'll, we'll get there. We're going to talk about your your upcoming festival that is uh, a mere couple of years away. Um, exactly. I would. So I've known you for a couple of months now, mm-hmm. and I would say that you are probably the most quintessential artist that I know or have met in recent memory.
1: Definition of quintessential goal.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think you just embody it. Like you are you are an artist. Like and and how. You know, you just went through all those different, all those different pots that you're in and, and everything. It's all around this, you know, creative expression and, and different ways to express yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious to know, did you, when did you know you wanted to be an artist slash did you always know or, or kind of like the story around your um, discovering how much you love art in different fashions?
1: Okay. So growing up like, from as young as I can remember, right, I was always doing something artistic. Like, I remember being in, like, second grade, and there was this little class that you could take after school to learn how to play violin. And I remember going to my mom, like, Mom, I need to do this. Like, I really need to to learn how to play violin. And so I took, I did the little class thing, I think it was like 50 bucks or something. And then I remember sitting on the floor my legs were much smaller than my whole tiny little body was sitting on this, like cement floor with like three other students, and we learned how to play the violin. And I remember that was so cool to me. And then, um, there was, like talent shows. There was a talent show. And I walked into my main office because I missed auditions because i went to I went to five different elementary schools before third grade, Wow. Yeah, so I was at an elementary school that already had their auditions. I had just moved there, and I was like, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to perform at the talent show.
0: Feel it. You just feel it in your bones.
1: Hell yeah. So I went there, and I was like, Jesus, take the wheel. Like, started singing to the – office lady like
0: wait was this a catholic school the
1: secretary exactly why i couldn't (laughs) perform at the talent show because going
0: straight to jesus take the wheel is a pretty incredible uh yeah
1: as a kid i was like yeah that's my song that's my jam Mm. yeah so and where um, where
0: did you grow up again just so everybody knows
1: cedar rapids iowa friends i grew up in cedar rapids iowa
0: good old-fashioned bible belt we love it
1: oh yeah (laughs) something like that but yeah, I would say, honestly, it all started with music for sure for me, and then as soon as I could start auditioning for show choir, I was auditioning for show choir, I did show choir from eighth grade, no, from sixth grade up until, like, my sophomore year, they didn't think I was that good at dancing, so I didn't get it after that.
0: Happens so, to the best of us. I just
1: started acting instead. People still
0: don't think I'm very good at dancing, so don't take it personally, but
1: Yeah, it is what it is, man.
0: (laughs) So Cedar Rapids, Iowa. What was it like growing up in Iowa?
1: Mm. Growing up in Iowa was different for everybody. And I think that is something I learned very quickly. Um, Maybe a little too quick that it's different for everyone because there was was a lot of time I spent in other people's homes Mm. and with other people's families. So I got to really see... The way that human beings, in so many different ways—I mean, they were all my friends and things like that—but everybody's parents are different. Everyone comes from something different. So, um, growing up in Iowa was different for everybody. Yeah. So for me, it was uh, chaotic.
0: Yeah, it feels like it feels like it was uh, particularly different for you, just you know, popping into other people's homes and and Mm -hmm. observing how their family does and Mm -hmm. maybe going home and and seeing the differences and, and whatnot.
1: Yeah, definitely a lot of, um, comparing at a young age that to this day, like I look back and I honestly definitely feel a little bit guilty about because I think I was, I think we all want our parents to, uh treat us one way and we have these expectations for them and they want us to treat them a certain way and they have expectations for us. And so my mom and I just really got into it a lot at a younger age. And, um, if I could go back and do it different, I think I would just treat her with a little bit more grace. Not that I was disrespectful, but I think just like giving my parents more grace at the time, um, maybe could have given me a different outlook on a lot of things present day.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think that's just the, de- that's the definition of maturing, right? And maturity mm-hmm. is no one treats their parents exactly how they want to or wish they did when they're older, just, right. and you don't, you wouldn't know that unless you did a different, if you didn't act the exact way you did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I empathize with that because I think I have a lot of memories and, and things I've either said to my parents or, or siblings or anything like that. And yeah, no, I think that's, that's a sign of maturity. I think that's a a sign of, and you aren't, you aren't who you are today unless you do those things that you do when you're younger.
1: And that's a big thing too, that I like think about a lot when I, I don't talk about my, my childhood very often. So this is fun.
0: We got the exclusive. (laughs) We
1: got the exclusive. Yeah.
0: We can, we can pivot at any point, but I'm.
1: Yeah. I would say just, um, like I have to, a big thing that I've learned and it sounds so cliche is like, you really just got to forgive yourself for what. You did at the time when you didn't know any better. Like you, you did what you thought was the best at the time. And that is something that growing, like being an adult now that has to, you know, pay my own bills, take care of my cats, take care of me, take care of my mental health, my body, all of that. Like I have to be a little bit more forgiving, I think. Absolutely. And that's definitely a part of my maturing too, I think, as a 24-year-old yeah you are your oldest chaotic shit. human <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I mean, and yeah, I think the 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 stamp I want to put on it is we all we all learn things from our childhoods, and um, I think you know the way that you describe it, everyone's childhood being different is it's spot on, and I, the sooner that you can accept that, I feel mm. like the more. Just, you can look at life through a different lens and just, and it's more just like grateful for what you have and, and where you're at as opposed to comparing and everything. But
1: definitely um, beauty, definitely beauty in it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Beauty in the madness. <laughs> we love it. Um, so like, so childhood moves into, you know, high school and yeah, I guess when, when did you decide like, this is what I want to do for my life? Or like, what was a moment when you're like, I want to pursue chaos? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, in the most chaotic way possible, actually, I guess, I guess maybe that's what. It's
0: the the, theme of today.
1: The theme of the today is, yeah. Okay. So in college, around, around the time of COVID, um, I, I had met my ex-boyfriend at the time and he, showed me this trick that he does to try and answer him, answer questions for himself. He's trying to find himself, right? So he got this um, poster board, and he just wrote in the middle of it, like, what do I desire? And this all rooted from reading the book Think and Grow Rich. So what do I desire? He's like – he showed me this board, and then he started just like – he wrote on it every once in a while. He'd put photos and, like, make a whole collage and everything – And he framed it and he put it in his house. And so I remember I remember so vividly like thinking it was like a light switch thinking to myself like anyone can do this for anything. It doesn't have to be what do I desire. But I kind of took it to another level. So I covered my walls in a clear shower curtain. So you so you hang up a you hang up a shower curtain on your wall and it's like a. Big-ass whiteboard.
0: Yeah, just dry erase board. Just, just dry erase that.
1: board. Yeah. And I broke it off into a bunch of sections, and I I had one for – actually, that was just like on my wall in my apartment in Iowa. And then I got actual poster boards that you could just – you know, those like 99-cent boards that you go get at Walmart. And I wrote in the middle of each of them health, financials, – um dreams, and then love. So I had like four of them and I would just write like, what did I want from each of those things? I still have my health one up right now in my living or, or in my kitchen at home today. And I remember like from each of those, I was like, okay, there's physical, there's mental, there's spiritual health, there's social health, like all of those things. Separating. How old are you when you're doing this? 20. 20. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's, I mean, it's a very, again, the, I think another theme is just maturing young, but yeah. can continue.
1: So I did all of that. And then, um, I just, the final one was the, the wall whiteboard with the clear shower curtain, which I thought it was genius. Genius. By the way.
0: I wouldn't, with, I mean, I would never have thought to do that.
1: So With dry erase markers on your wall. Like, yeah, be a little kid, whatever. Um, so in the middle of that one, it was what makes me feel the most alive. Mm. So that was the question. It was like, what makes me feel alive? Right. Because at the time, like I didn't really care about myself mm-hmm. or any, anything. I was, um, not really great to my friends. I wasn't really great to my, you know, anyway. So I filled out all those things. And then I was like, wow, where where can I go to to feel alive? Like what can I do to feel alive that brings all of these boards together in one? And my solution was a festival. Mm. And at the time I was throwing concerts. So I'm like, that's what makes me feel the most alive. Let's just throw a festival. So at, as of uh, 2020, my five-year goal has been throw a festival and I've just been building bricks to do that since then just trying to build like a solid safe foundation to do that and um yeah that was the light switch
0: I I love it I mean uh, I've been watching for like I said only a couple months but I've already seen pieces of that foundation coming together and and I don't know I think it it shines a light on the power of knowing what your end goal is Mm -hmm. because it provides so much clarity of what to like do now. And even though there's so many steps and things that you have no clue that are going to be uncovered to you and um, but being able to know where you're going and at least just take one step in that direction is Mm -hmm. what allows for a lot of it to come together.
1: I think in the past few months too, it's just been like, so, I mean, I just threw my, my first time ever in June, I threw two events Mm. That is insane to me because the one before that was in March and the one before that was in December. Yeah. So it's, it's like everything is really just starting to get much more real right now. Um, it's excitingly, nervously, chaotically, beautifully terrifying.
0: <laughs> and that's, that is just how you describe a good life right there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so it, like events are a big theme right mm-hmm. big big theme for you um how did you get into events what were what were some of the first events you were throwing
1: so i was doing open mics and the reason that i was doing open mics is actually because i had a teacher in high school that um just like took care of me like he was he was like my father and mother figure at the time cuz my mom was going through a divorce and my dad wasn't really around and um he was just like He would stay with me every day after school till 8 p.m. Wow. And we would just practice songs and we would just, you know, I was waiting for my mom to come get me and he just took care of me and then um, we would do open mics after high school too. So there was an open mic um, right around the corner from where I lived and then they closed it down and they closed that restaurant down and within the same few months of them closing it down, um, he died in a car crash. Wow. So I needed to honor him, I felt. In some way, so um, R.I.P. R.I.P. Mr. Nice, and uh, I needed to honor him in some way. So my favorite bar in Iowa City was called Blue Moose. They had they had a it was like a live venue. It was it was so fun. I was literally there every single day. Like I was like, oh, I'm gonna go watch baseball. I'm not a big sports fan. Okay, I just wanted to go hang out. No
0: offense, <laughs> I did I did not uh, peg you as a uh, as a die hard iowa baseball fan so (laughs) (laughs)
1: there's literally not even a baseball there's not an mlb baseball team yeah so anyway um they called me a moose head well that bar closed down and then l rays started so while they were building l rays i walked in there and i was like hey let me throw an open mic i won't let you down i want to do this like i just kind of dove like mm-hmm. I remember I was doing a photo shoot with my friend, and we were going on the rooftop, and we weren't supposed to be on the rooftop, but rules are meant to be broken mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um went up there and I was literally like, "Hey, I am not gonna let you down. Let me try this. Let's do an open mic, right? This is before COVID, so I was very confident that I could get people together. Mm-hmm. I'm like 18, 19. I think it was 19.
0: Yeah. The quick aside, I, I love that you had favorite bars, this 18 year
1: old. Yeah, I'm from Kansas yeah. back in the day. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so uh, anyway, started throwing open mics and then and then eventually it turned into introducing people to stages like Dallas Jacobus, I had him perform for me once. He killed it. Mm. Now he's he's like pretty big. He's I'm pretty sure he's in Nashville could be wrong about that but he yeah, like how us if
0: you're out there we you know we'll we'll get the correct location of you at some point
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so um just really cool like i just fell in love with it that's how events started and then um from there i was overwhelmed cuz i knew too many people mm. and so i left iowa went to arizona and um hit a huge reset button
0: yeah and here we are in denver
1: yeah i am in denver
0: so how long have you been in denver for
1: um since Last January, so okay. about a year and a half.
0: Yeah, got it. I was I moved here like a, a year before that, but I'm also fairly new to the, to the scene out here. Yeah. Um, what do you like most about Denver's like art scene that, that has gotten you enthralled with uh, life out here?
1: The thing I like most about Denver's art scene is that I believe it's selfish. My answer mm. my answer is selfish. Interesting. So...
0: Oh, th- it, y- this answer is going to be selfish. Yeah, this, De- okay, this answer it. is going to be selfish. I
1: just think that, like, we all have the potential. Like, a lot of people that I surround myself with have the potential to be pioneers in this city. Like, I think that the thing I love about Denver is that it's just creative enough that we can, like, make some noise. And there's some art districts and stuff. But obviously it's not L.A. Obviously it's not New York. Obviously it's not Miami. Obviously it's not, you know. So, like, we have the ability to make it, and it's growing so fast. Denver's fastly growing. So I think it just has a lot of potential, and I think that's my favorite part about it is, like, work needs to be done. And I'm, I, wanted, I want to do the work to make some noise here.
0: I mean, yeah, just like you walked into the to the bar, you're you're walking into Denver and being like, I can, I can bring people together. Don't, mm-hmm. I won't let you down.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I, I totally agree with that assessment of Denver and just it being it's it's a new major city. Yep. And with that, it's got some of the infrastructure. It's got some of the you know, you said the art part. We're right by Santa Fe. You know, they got a great art district and first Fridays that happened there. But there's. And where are you from? I'm from Chicago
1: okay yeah right. chicago
0: suburbs we're both um, we're both midwestern, yeah exactly um but yeah i th- I just think that there's it again selfishly there's a an opportunity to be a big fish in a smaller pond quote unquote mm-hmm. um and get to a certain level where that then translates elsewhere um whereas in l a new york uh even Chicago, you know austin things like that there's a little there's larger mm-hmm. uh larger amounts of people that you're, you know, battling against for that attention.
1: I think in Denver though, too, like that can be, that can be a fault. Truly. Like it can definitely be, um, emotionally and just like, it can just be draining Mm -hmm. for people, for you to be like working on projects with people that aren't taking it as seriously as you are, because it's like, dude, um, are you going to do your part or not? And if you're not as passionate about it, then like, like, it's hard to find people that are truly ready to work out here, I think, sometimes, too. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, I'm going to do this on the weekends, and it's going to be so fun. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, sounds good, brother. But <laughs>
0: Yeah. Sh- show me. Let, yeah. Let's talk like, about
1: it. Exactly. Exactly. So.
0: I, I mean, uh, I think that's what made us such fast friends mm-hmm. was seeing that like-minded, like, you know, this – where we're at right now is the product of a conversation last week about wanting to interview for you for a podcast, <laughs> and here we are in a studio. So, so I think it's... Uh, making
1: moves. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but I, one of the best, because, I don't know, I came up with my idea when I was working a full-time job, mm-hmm. and it was very much passion project. And I think I fell in love with the... It was really fun to tell people that I was starting a business when I had the security of of not having to start a business, right? Like I was still in a full-time job, all the benefits, no risk, and be able to just like tout, like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do this. Um, but one of my mentors and, and people, guy I look up to, he, this was like mid 2020 before I decided to take the plunge and, and go all in on Oslo, was if you want something to be your full-time job, you, mm-hmm. need, you need it to be your full-time job.
1: You got to treat it like that. Exactly. 100%. And you need
0: to spend, you know, 40 hours plus a week on that and not whatever's left over, not whatever you get to do or, you know, whatever you get to it after the work day ends or on the weekends. And that's not to poo-poo or, or put down anyone that that has built businesses that way or is going about it. Mm-hmm. But until that thing becomes the main thing, it will always be the side thing. So.
1: Well, it's like you can't have a plan. Like it's it's got to be your plan A. Yeah, it's got to be your plan A, and you can't have a plan B. I think that's just how we work. Totally. And I was just having a conversation about this the other day. Like, it's not about what I'm doing to get there. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has anything to do, like, like it's not it's not about like the money I'm making, right? Because if it if it was, I would be making a lot more money. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things too where. You just literally have to it's so much sacrifice, yeah, oh my God, it's so much sacrifice, it's insane, but it's all worth it. It's like I know uh i can it's like I can feel it mm-hmm. you know,
0: and we've talked about that 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 just like internal knowing of what's supposed to happen and and I want to get to more of like the Tuesday specific mm-hmm. uh which again upcoming market calendars summer twenty twenty five
1: 2025, Tunes Day. <laughs> Tunes Day. Yeah.
0: Um, but before we get there, I would love to just like kind of pick your brain on, on people that you you look up to or like some role models that you've had in your life that have uh, maybe influenced or, or just kind of shown you a path down here, or maybe it's just you've created it out of nothing. But uh, I'm curious about what are some like role models you've had, um, whether that's personal connection or just a celebrity that you've seen do something.
1: So honestly, um, for the longest time, it, it always just felt like me and me. Like, it really just felt like I have to do this for me. And all I could think about was, like, I'm going to hopefully have kids one day. And I never want them to experience some of the things that I did as a kid. So I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that doesn't happen. And then um, I kind of figured out that that's a dangerous way of thinking for hypothetical Like, doing something for someone else. Like, there was a point in time where I was like, I have to do this for me. Like, I need to do this because I believe that I can do this for me and not because of love or because of a family that doesn't exist or because of, like, basically I was just putting expectations on myself that were not fair. And so I did do some research and just started, like, um exploring like who's doing what and everything like that and um I would honestly say a big inspiration for me is someone named Sheila and she is she's in LA she's my friend Jack's mom and I met her about a year and a half ago um about a year ago actually so she's just like a real life person that I met she's worked with a ton of like big names and I met her through an NFT conference Cool in LA. And she um, like produces, like like she produced like the return of on Dutch and like hell's kitchen and things like that. So she's very tapped into the entertainment industry. And um, I just really look up to her because I've seen her at work. Mm -hmm. I've seen her, With like some Pink Floyd members and Kid Rock and just like pointing, like telling people, directing. And like she was the point of contact for these events that I've been at for her. And it was so powerful to me to see a woman in her position telling these people that and nobody knows who she is. I think that's the best part. Not even that nobody knows who she is. That's not what I mean. I just mean like... She is not – she doesn't need to be front and center. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need all of that attention, but people still respect her. And I just – I love that. And also, honestly, the show Queen of the South, I know that sounds crazy because it's about the cartel and this and that, but the show Queen of the South really inspired me.
0: Because
1: mm. she literally started out – do you know what that's about?
0: I've, n- I've never seen the show. I'd love to know more.
1: So she started out – she was kidnapped or something like that. She was kidnapped and she started out um, – basically being trafficked and then she worked her way up to literally like she had to beat some ass to get to where she got mm-hmm. but it's like very hypothetical like you can just take some lessons from certain things and just apply it in your own way like even if i don't have a gun pointed at me but sometimes i have bills pointed at me totally. that i don't know how to handle right so it's like she just also queen of the south really inspired me i don't know I don't know. She was just a boss bitch and she would have conversations with like this like um, not real – what is that called? What's that called when you see something? Hallucination. Hallucination. Yeah, ghosts or – Thank you. Yeah. She would like hallucinate a picture of herself, like a version of herself in the future. And that version of herself in the future was always wearing all white, very pure. Like she was literally like, you have to keep going. Like you don't get to stop. You have to keep doing this because this is what you're meant to do. So that's a big thing. And then also, honestly, I literally just
0: got chills just from you saying that alone. I don't know. It's that's that is a message I've been telling myself a lot, and I haven't really pictured a different version of me telling me that. But um, you know, we're we're in the thick of it. We're we're in grind mode where things are not as uh, perfect and pretty. Mm-hmm. So big big message to deliver. And I also think just to that that note having a fictional role model uh, a lot of times is better because you don't have the like the downfall or the the negative or any any other element introduced exactly it's just somebody something that has shown a way or a path that you get to like embrace and you're not living up to it you're not compared to it it's just teaching you something that you get to learn so exactly yeah I kind of cut you off there, but
1: that's all right. I was just gonna say, also, God, like Mm. I've definitely gotten more into like my spiritual side in the past two years, two or three years. I've gotten back to church. Like I don't go into a physical church, but I listen to um, Stephen Furtick a lot. Cool, and he just he always I always think to myself like God knows what's upstream. Like God, God did this for a reason. Like God took that person out of my life, God took that opportunity away, and this and that, and it's all because of a bigger picture that I don't need to know the answer to, because God's got me. So, also God, you yeah, know? shout out and shout out Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> it's uh, yeah, shout out JC. I mean, I also have recently, oh, and again, I wouldn't say rediscovered because I never would. I don't really go to church ever, yeah, um I, I, I'm curious were you were you raised pretty religious or
1: honestly, I didn't really have a lot of adult influence mm-hmm. as a child. Okay. It was mostly just me, so there was a bus that came every week, picked up the picked up the kids, took them to church. There was a boy on the bus I thought was cute, so I started going, yeah, didn't the, stop there Jersey was
0: um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, i mean I mean, it's interesting, I mean. I guess I'm curious about, like, what got you back into it. Um, And maybe it was back against the wall and and, and trying to find a deeper powder. But, but like, my. It was
1: when I was doing my my whiteboard. Mm. It was when I was doing my whiteboards and my things. Um, My ex-boyfriend introduced me to one of my best friends to this day. And I was having a day. Oh, my God. I was having a day. I was breaking down. I was like, I don't want. I can't do this anymore, dude. Like, I don't even know why I'm alive type of shit. Like, I don't want. Like what? What makes me feel alive? Right, that question. I I didn't know what to do. My friend sent me um, an episode from Stephen Furtick, and he was so funny. I remember I remember crying and like being so puffy and just you know so human in that moment. And like and then listening to him preach, just really he's so he's so good about not making it only like you know like thou shall not da 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 like, yeah like that's cool for the people that need that, but I needed the like I'm gonna tell you some real shit and you're gonna receive it or you're not, but I'm telling you right now that this is what God wanted you to know today, and I was like, all right, cool, God is literally talking to me because I was so unwell, and the message was so perfect.
0: Mm. It's beautiful. I mean, and and it showing up in that low moment, I think is when, when those messages come to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think there's, if it's a positive message, two years later, we're here talking about this. If it's a negative message, it goes a different direction. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I don't know. I've, like I said, I've, I've become more and more, I I call it spiritual. I I would never call myself religious,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but it's been also this this journey I've been on and, and really having, you know we, we've, we intentionally go into the most uncertain space where mm-hmm. there's literally no template, no path drive for us, no direction really. Mm-hmm. And if we're on our own completely, then we're fucked. But giving, you know, giving over to a higher power, trusting in God or, or you know, whoever it is for you. The
1: universe is spiritual. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Like I like I, I, use God, but like I, it's really just like a higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen that kind of the embracing of a higher power replicated in a lot of people that I look up to. And I, I think that's like a really, you know, because again, it's like, what else is, what is this for? If it's not, if there's not some higher power, like what are we striving for? If it's not for something and I bigger than ourselves, yeah,
1: and I struggled with that for so long because I was like, "It's like who who are you to tell me that Jesus Christ is God, mm. or that Jesus Christ is God's son, but Buddha isn't real, or that you know, like all of these other gods don't exist? That's not fair. I'm yeah. not in charge of that. Like, what human is gonna? He, that's the thing. That's the contradictory thing about God too. Is like, I think as humans. At the end of the day, like these books and all of these things that are written and that we follow are craft, like they are crafted in a way, whether it is from, you know, anyways. Yeah. I'm getting get into it. No, I love it. <laughs> no, this
0: is, uh, I, I think about this a lot too. And it's, uh, do you know who Elizabeth Gilbert is? Mm. She wrote um, E Pray, Love.
1: Okay. So, That's probably why it sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. So
0: she's like, I mean, Eat, Pray, Love, one of the most like most sold books of all time but i've she is a just incredible human being Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: as evidenced by like that's her memoir is her choice to go to italy then to uh, bali and it's like a really really unbelievable path um but she I, i listened to her speak one time and she talked about how like there is this there's this belief that we need to adhere to somebody else's God. Mm -hmm. But that is preposterous because Mm -hmm. if God is God, then like it's its own thing to each person. And she's like, I found out that I had the liberty to create God in my, in how I needed it to show up. So like being a woman, you know, whatever, whatever features you need in a God to believe in a higher power is like, you have the power and agency to create that for yourself. Um, so
1: Period. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, we got we got off on a tangent there. That we was did. beautiful. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, then w- we've hinted at it a couple times. Toons
1: mm-hmm. Day. Toons Day. Toons day, day, day.
0: Either because we we know that it was it was born through the whiteboarding exercise and what do you desire and you know what what um, what is it what what brings you life. Yeah. Just or what like, makes what you makes feel alive. Me feel alive. Well, yeah. Okay. What makes you feel alive. So.
1: Kind just of t- working backwards from, like, a person attending.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, tell, tell me about Toons Day. Like, uh, what, what is it?
1: So, Toons is meant to be a, a festival that celebrates all walks of life. It just literally celebrates being human. Like, I want people to come to a Toons and I want them to feel... Like, they have full permission to be creative, to be immersed in a creative space, like, to be fully human, too. Like, sometimes I want to make people uncomfortable. Sometimes I want to make people feel deeply. Sometimes I want people to feel light and bubbly. But it, it's, it's really um, – I want people to just be so immersed in a creative environment. And that's why I focus on art, music, fashion, and film. And – um and lately I've been doing some audio stuff and that's for a really cool show. I've been asking everyone the same exact question and the question is what is love, mm. right? Because that's such a human question. Like you you don't – everyone has different answers to that and I think that's absolutely beautiful and I think that's what I love the most about what I'm pursuing because I studied sociology in college when I did go to class and <laughs> it was <laughs> – and it was – um bringing people together to celebrate something within all of us and something that, like, we don't always say out loud, but we can feel the energy in the air. And um, honestly, just giving people a place to, to create, like giving a platform. So I want all of it to go toward a good cause at some point. And um, I'd really like Tuesday to turn into like a mental health research mm. foundation of some sort at some point in time, maybe in like my 40s or something. I don't really know. I'm not trying to put a timeline on it. But I'd really like to find um, – that's a big big thing I looked into too is because I was going to start working for a festival. And I was like, what festival right now supports mental health research because I think it's so new? Mm-hmm. And I, when I came up with this, I needed – Help. I was so mentally unstable. I mean, I was young and COVID and yeah, whatever and this and that and the other thing. But um, you know, I just it didn't really exist. There's one called Sound Mine, which is really cool. I looked into that. But like these big ones, I don't understand why a lot of them aren't going toward something bigger than ourselves. Like Summerfest in Milwaukee. You can get entry into the into the entire festival by bringing perish non perishable goods mm. like cans and stuff like that. That's cool, and it's good for like human like humans. It's mm-hmm. good for more than just like it's. It kind of forces you to not be selfish in that moment. Like you are selfishly going and using cans instead of buying a ticket, but at the end of the day, it's like I think as human beings, we're meant to support and. And if you have the opportunity to make other people better, you always should. Because that's what built me as a kid. Like, I remember Santa being people that adopted my family from the Salvation Army. Like, that was my Santa. I want to I want to be that person for a family one day. Like, I want to adopt a family and be able to give them gifts. And, like, without them, we wouldn't have had Christmas, you know? So it's like, I just want to give back to communities that like allowed me to be in the position that I'm in.
0: I think you're going to do that for a lot more than, than one family. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, Jazzy, this has been better than I could have hoped. If I'm being honest, <laughs> uh, spectacular. You're a re- like just a really special person. And I'm going to pat myself on the back. Cause this, I f- I felt all this when we first met, but like <laughs> see, you know, having it all come out is, is really cool. Um, But just to kind of echo back to you some of the the things that I heard that kind of have built you um, and starting with just like putting yourself, getting yourself into the situation. And it's, you know, being bold and being willing to put Mm -hmm. yourself out there, walking into rooms that you have no like right being in, Mm -hmm. but asserting yourself and, you know, allowing – that's what allows you to be there is being able to take that step. Um, Finding role models – in people that you resonate with and, and aspire to be and not necessarily what's prescribed to you through society or life or family or anything um, is really, you know, that's that tastes, that's a sign of maturity at a young age to find people when it was not somewhere in your life and being able to seek out people and, you know, allow them to help you along the path. Really, really cool. Um,
1: I just think being a sponge is so important. Yeah. If anyone can learn anything from you, just be a sponge. Take, truly, take, take all the good, take all the bad, take yeah. all
0: of it, sponge you can sift through it in the end,
1: soak it all up, and then let it all out and get ready to soak up more.
0: beautiful um another thing too, is like just along that lines is, um power, not attention. I think a lot of the people that you're you look up to are people that are in command and in control and and dictating and directing things, mm-hmm. but they're not there. Doing it for the attention or because they have attention, it's just purely for the sake of you know sharing their gift with others.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like they demand that's they, they they automatically have the attention and the respect
0: totally uh, and the last one, and I think this kind of like speaks to the the themes that we're weaving throughout, but you know the key for you was when you realized you were you needed to do it for yourself and not for anyone else, not for any idealized version of you or Mm -hmm. or whatnot. And, um, that, like that decision unlocking your ability to kind of create freely and not have any sort of constraints or, um, expectations of what it's supposed to look like or where you're supposed to get to.
1: Mm -hmm. I'd always say like, I I tell people this all the time because a lot of creators will come to me like, I'm so discouraged and this and that. And I'm like, dude, like the expectations that you have for yourself, you set yourself Mm -hmm. you are in charge of when things when you want things to get done so don't go too hard on yourself like just sometimes god has plans for you that you don't know so sometimes things aren't going to go as planned anyways so just do what you got to do every single day